because too many pastors have secrets. And uh, somebody asked me, how to, I said, well, I'm in a championship fight. This is just round five. I'm good. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and whatever it is that we have to deal with that way, we like telling you this so we don't need any telephone calls or need any advice because none of you all are oncologists or any of these things here. So really, but, you know, we don't want to hear about your uncle and your grandma. So everybody's got the news, and, and it's, it's good. It's good. Jerry Johnston is one of uh, my daughter's close friends. She was the pastor for, he was her pastor for years until he moved out of town. And he was feeling well, been doing good. And uh, two, weeks, two weeks ago, he went into, just wasn't feeling good, and went into the uh, emergency room. And he had cancer all in his blood and cancer in his bones. And so they called the family in and, uh, to, uh, you know, to get ready for what's getting ready to happen to him because there's just nothing they can do. He's going home Friday. Not that home, his house. <laughs> yeah. So we keep going. One of the things that I want to talk about today is uh, a lot of people don't understand ministering. And uh, ministering is to learn of others and attend to others' needs and to, and to do the Lord's work. You know, when we minister, we are representing Jesus Christ and acting as an agent to watch over, lift up, and strengthen those around us. Hear what I'm saying? Everybody can minister to somebody. The good things is ministry. There are some people that can tell you how it feels uh, to their grandma or somebody how it feels to be 80 years old, never been to the hospital, and, and, and pass on. And then there's others who can tell you about the fight and the battle. There's some folks that's been married one time, uh, uh, like, like the Isaacs, been uh, for over 50-some years, and uh, a great family. It's good. And some said that they made the mistakes, and they can minister. The Isaacs can minister to a, a lot of people because of the way they live their life and their marriage and state. There's some others who've made some mistakes, and they can't, but they can minister. They can't redo it, but they can minister to other people and tell them about the mistakes they made. So uh, no matter what you've been through, good or bad, you can minister to somebody because life has got, uh, life has got the good, the bad, and the ugly. Therefore, effective ministry must be highly individualized and led by the Spirit. So each, end, each one of you all in here can minister to somebody, right? So everything in your life ought to be a calling for some reason or another. Some of you can minister of how you were, your childhood was hard and you was in a fatherless home, right? But then some of you can minister that you came out of a good two-parent home. Now, I want you to get that. We need to quit in the church uh, uh, understanding that only the bad, no, no. Every human being that's given their life to Christ has in some way can minister to somebody else. There's going to minister the good, the bad, and the ugly. Does that make sense? And God chooses some people to go through the tough times. He's got to have somebody to, to help people to go through the tough times and minister through the tough times. Others, 
of good times. Had a good, went to school, good home, went to school and got everything right and had a good life. They can minister and tell people how to do that. We laugh at Brother Trevor sometimes. We make jokes about him, but we really are congratulating him. We say, hey man, you ain't got no children, no mama, you ain't mama's babies. Yeah, we, no, we, no, don't we guys, come on guys. Yeah, we, we joke with him because, you know, he, he ain't paying child support, he ain't been divorced, he's got, got an education, good job, a house. Well, the, most of us men in here can't minister to somebody. Like, we could tell how, what the things you can do not to be that person. But he can tell you how to be that person. So we need it all together because it helps, all of us can help somebody find their way. There's some people that's going to be at the crossroad. They need you there at that crossroad to help them to get across and to take the right path. Do y'all understand me? So we need to quit it up in here. This, I'm preaching up here. You see, ministry is, is helping people in their needs. You see, some folks have a lot of money. And so they, uh, I think it was Michael Jordan donated $10 million to the Dream Factory. And they were excited because they'd never had anything like that. It was his 60th birthday. So what, you, I, you, you may not be able to give $10 million, but you can give $10. You see, because before Michael Jordan gave the $10 million, the reason that organization made it was the $5 gifts, the tens, the hundreds. Are y'all with me? But he could minister by giving $10 because he's got that kind of money to give. But a lot of, uh, and his heart was right, because a lot of people got more money than Mike ain't giving nobody a dime. You see, you see what I'm saying? So I want everybody to understand that. So when you look at me and, and uh, Sister Evelyn and, and uh, uh, some others in here that we deal with sicknesses, but there's some folks in here that lost some kids. You see, you see, and I won't call their name out because you'll be looking at them instead of hearing what I'm saying. But they can minister to you how that feels. Because there's one thing that's ignorant to ask somebody, tell somebody, well, I know how you feel. You don't want to know how they feel. As you see? But it's, it's, it's ministry. So sometimes your pain is your ministry. Because somebody's going to go through that and, and, and tell you how that is. You see? I can tell you about all of the success my kids have. And my grandkids are incredible kids. All of them are successful with degrees and going through all that. You'll see, but that's one way of ministry. And I can tell you that their parents were better parents than us. Only thing we done is help them a little bit and then they took it further. Are you with me? So some of you in here that's been through some hard times, remember, that's your ministry. You see, that is your ministry. You see? Uh, so we need, we need everybody in here. Quit hiding by your mistakes. The, one of the things that, that just drives me crazy was people start crying, don't cry. Why not? You got tears for two reasons. Your pastor's taught you grieving and rejoicing. There's a time to cry because I'm grieving, and it goes for a long time. And then there's a time for rejoicing. A person that is grieving now Later on, and when they get healed up, then somebody else is going through something and they're grieving. That's the person that can help that person through their grieving. If you ain't been through it, you can't help nobody get through it. And you really don't want it to happen so you can get through it. In here. And so when people look at me, 
they ask me, how are you doing? I'm doing as best uh, you can do with all these tumors floating around in my body, but I'm still standing here ministering. Do you understand? You see? And so, so I have to show somebody is going to, and there's some others in here that's going to go through. You're going to go through something in life, good, bad, or ugly, but you're going to have to be ministered to. Have you ever seen it? I'm using this as a parable. I was watching a thing on TV of all the people that had won the lottery and how it messed them people's lives up. Yeah, it messed, I mean, they become drug addicts, all these things, and somebody killed somebody over it because they won this lottery and couldn't handle it. And then you hear somebody who started from nothing and becomes a millionaire. You see, you understand? So, so what we want to talk about here in Psalms 34, I want to talk about life. Life is good. You see, life is good. You could, I couldn't feel any better. People ask me how I feel and they think I'm lying. I feel great. I feel great that I can be used as a vessel to minister to other people, see? And, and you see, and it's a good thing. And I have a good life, and, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't feeling too good, so I could get ice cream yesterday. When you don't feel good, you get ice cream. You know what I'm saying? You see, you see so, oh yeah. And so we, uh, we, you know, and we, Sister Gwen, everybody looked at her and saw that she was losing weight, and I was worried, and she was worried, and went to the doctor, all her blood tests, everything's going out right, and found out that the diabetes medication she was taking is the one that people are using now to lose weight. So, so now they got to switch that, right? You see, isn't there something? It's just amazing. You see, sometimes, you know, they, they, they think they're healing you or helping you, and you get the wrong stuff, and you're like, whoa, what's happening to me? So we're glad for her that that's it, right? All right? Now, now, here's, do you want to live a long and good life and enjoy the beauty that fills each life? Say yes. yes. And, and let me tell you, I'm going to tell all of y'all that one day at a time, remember that old song, One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus? That's all I'm asking you. Today is, the, feel good today. Feel good by t- today and, and talk about the beauty of life today. And fulfill each day with the beauty because you never know when it's going to be that last day. So enjoy your life one day at a time, you see. Now, the Bible says don't worry about tomorrow. It didn't say don't be prepared. It says don't worry about tomorrow. We, there's not a person in here that knows what their tomorrow's going to be. You may not want to know what your tomorrow's going to be, you see. But, but we know what our today is. It's just like today you're there and you're, 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 you're smiling with each other. You need to treat each other right and uh, I wonder, I watch some of the married couples when they come in, they're sitting beside each other, listening to pastor, do you do that at home when you're watching the TV? All right, you see, soon. All right, you see, I didn't say I met all day. You see, you see, are you, uh, and some of you, are, listen to what I'm saying, are you enjoying I'll just talk to couples. Are you enjoying your wife, your husband, fiance, a person you're in a relationship with today? You better do it today. 
because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You see, and, and, and you see, then you can, when you, you can talk about the good old days. You see, when you get my age. You see, and we having good old days. All right. When, when, and, but there's some things that we got to start doing. There's some things that we need to clean up. It says never speak a lie or lie. It says never speak a lie. Got to watch that mouth. Or allow wicked words to come out your mouth. Some people's life's hindered by the way they talk. And the Bible says watch your mouth. Because what you say and how you say it, sooner or later going to come back at you. You see, you some or oh, nobody knows what goes on in my house. Oh, somebody knows. There's a God that's sitting high. He's looking at that and what you say. And 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 first of all, you know, you want to be kind. You see, I could I say every listen to me. Every morning, every morning when I get up, because I get up first, there is a love letter written for me, my sister Gwen, every morning, every morning, every morning I get up and you know, you always go to the coffee, but you go to the tent, there'll be right there, every morning. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and that's, I start out my morning. This morning, she, she had one for you all, that pastor be blessed and it's Commodus, my terminology, and that the Holy Spirit speaks through him and encourage us, because she calls, she sets as a member there, us to live a better and more quality life. You see, every morning. And so here's that, and that takes, because you know, some of those evenings, she may not have been pleased with me. <laughs> but it didn't hinder her from doing her love letter that morning. You see, what, what I may do is say is not going to distract her from what she does. Some of you need to hear that in here. All right, so you got to watch your mouth. Don't be lying. You see, watch your mouth. And, it's, and then it says, keep turning your back on every sin. We need to start talking about sin. We're scared to talk about it. Quit sin. We got to quit talking about sin. And men say, give me some good information, Pastor. I'm going to talk to you about your husbands in here. There's a scripture that says, you got to watch out how you treat your wife or your prayers will be hindered. Yes, you can look that up when you get home. Yes, yes. watch how you treat your wife or your prayers will be hindered. Somebody look that up and, and I don't know, I can't get it on. I'm getting older now, I can't remember. So, so you all got them phones, you can do it. Uh, one of you men do it. Uh, so, so the Bible is telling us, you see, when you sin and mistreat your wife and sin, you might as not be praying. Because God said, oh, that's going to hinder your prayers. Hinder them until you get it right. You can just, and just raise your hand when you got it. Go ahead. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. 
That's the Bible. That ain't me. So don't be getting all mad and pastor say, pastor ain't said nothing. Because I wouldn't have really like that. <laughs> I wouldn't really like that. But you hear what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things that can hinder your life, gentlemen. You see? Yes. You can get quiet in here if you want to get quiet in here. This is what the look. Some, some of you have been praying for stuff and God's got a dead ear. He said, quit lying. Ask women and everybody. Treat your wife right. Because he said so. And, you know, when you get in church, some people get all huffy when the pastor's speaking. No, get huffy at God. Don't get huffy at me. Because that didn't come out of the gospel of John E. That came out of the gospel. I, don't, I looked up. I forgot where I was at. Continuing in verse 14, again, turn your back on every sin and turn, make peace your turn, life motto. Turn your back on every sin and make peace your life motto. That should be in your spirit. And if it's in your spirit, it'll be in your home. And if it's in your home, it'll be in your community. If it's in your community, it'll be in the schools and all these places. Because it's nuts out there right now. It's crazy. Because we have walked away from the only thing that will work, and that is the commentary of life. I call it the gospel. You see? So um, we want peace. In, you want peace in your life? That should be your mom. Peace. You all just had some peace in your life. Anxiety and stress. Counselor, tell you, anxiety and stress are filling up these offices now. You see, the medication on anxiety and on stress. You see, but we don't need what we need is Jesus. You see, go ahead. Practice being at peace with everyone. Practice being at peace with everyone. Practice being at peace. You can disagree with somebody and still have peace. You ain't got to, sometimes I like listening to somebody that disagrees with me because they can tell me why they disagree with me. And I've talked to people that's disagreed with me, and I, they told me why they disagreed with me, and it made sense, more sense than what I was agreeing with. Does that make sense? All right, here we go. The Lord sees all we do. He's looking at you. Somebody's, nobody's looking at me. Yeah, they are. He sees all. It ain't nothing on the other side of all. That's right. All right. And he watches over his friends day and night. And he watches over us. And I'm glad. You see, we always talk about God watch over me when, it's, when you're hurting and laying up in the hospital somewhere. No, he's watching over you all the time. All right. His godly ones receive the answers they seek whenever they cry out to him. It's godly ones. He ain't listening to everybody, he says his godly ones. That's why you might want to ask yourself, am I living a godly life? You living a godly life, he'll hear you. You understand? Okay. All right. In verse 16, the Lord has made up his mind to oppose evildoers. He, he hates evildoers. God hates evildoers. And remember this part here. And to wipe out even the memory of them from the face of the earth. Wow. So he's trying to wipe them out because he hates evil doers. Because when you do evil to folks, sometimes you're doing evil to a child of God. And, and he, you know, he's a good father. And a good father is not going to tolerate someone being evil to their children. You're a child of God? Then there's two things you are not doing. First of all, you're not going to do evil to anybody. And God won't allow anybody to do evil to you. 
I didn't know it when it's been old and it's been around a long time. That old saying is, what goes around comes around. Bread is cast upon us. See, when you preach it, it's good to say, bread is cast upon the sea, shall return in a many a day. That sounds good, but the ugly comes back too. You see, it all comes back. So if you're going to cast some bread out there, you better cast some good bread out there. And it'll come back to you. Because if you cast some ugly bread out there, ugly bread's going to come back to you. So we got to watch what we do. Watch what we say. Watch how we act and react, how we respond. We're here supposed to be to love one another. I tell you all as men, every uh, child of God will always have a situation that they're not pleased with. Amen? Amen? Because everything, there's some people in here, everything is going good in your life. And you, somebody may say to you, well, everything, how you doing? Everything's going to, I'm going to do this this way. Everything's going on in my life, but you know, I'm just kind of worried and praying for my pastor. And I've told y'all, when everything's going on good in your life, then you've got brothers and sisters in Christ. That See, so you still got to be on your knees praying for them. Amen. Am I making sense here? You see, so my life is, is always something uh, uh, for me to be praying or someone for me to be praying for. Do you understand? And, and sometimes it's not church members. And you all heard that uh, uh, I called him Coach English. He, when he called me, his wife passed away. You heard the story. And, I, and me and Trevor, and, and uh, I always called him Ref. We called him Ref. And, and Gwen, we went down there and, and done uh, uh, the eulogy for him. And first, uh, he doesn't see me, doesn't come to this church, but... I was a coach at Park, he was coach at basketball, and then became a head AD. And, and we, we went and helped this brother, you see. We helped him because that's who we are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We helped him because that's who we are, you see. He doesn't have to, I don't have to be his pastor. I've always been his friend. Every time he's had a problem with kids and stuff, he'd call me. So why would I say, well, they need, they, and you know, they got counselors on the, they have counselors on the campus, okay? But he, they would call me, say, why, Pastor? Why? Can, you all, can you handle realities? Say, yes. Because the counselors were white and the black kids wouldn't go to them. You see? Nothing wrong with that. You understand that? And so the brothers would come and they would talk. I mean, that's why I got the name Pops. They didn't even call me coach some of them. Pops, that's ministry. You see? All of y'all got ministry. There's not a person here that, that can't minister to somebody. If you're a child of God, you, got, you can minister to somebody. You don't want to miss your calling. You don't want to miss the opportunity to help somebody find their way. There's going to be some, guarantee you, at the crossroads this week, maybe today, for some of you in here, you need to be there at that crossroad to help that person get to where they need to be. You see? There are sins of omission and sins of commission. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, it works. You never know how, how much... Uh, what could happen? There was a young lady in this church that uh, was walking in the class through a classroom to another classroom, and there was a young man there talking about summer track. You got to be right on time. Remember now, if it's three seconds, she misses that. Said summer track. She stopped and asked Josh Schaefer's was his name. What about summer track? And she told him. He told her, Coach Fields, Kansas City Blazers. She brought her son there at nine years old. Now, if it's 10 seconds, she misses him. 
It has to be right on time. She brought her son there at nine years old, and that son developed a relationship with Coach Fields, and now he's, you, he's, he's Reverend Trevor Nerick. It happens that way. It happens that way. So that, yes, yes, that young man didn't know he was ministering when he was talking to somebody else. Wasn't the person getting the message. It was somebody walking by getting the message, which was going to literally change a young man's life. Are y'all with me? Say amen to that. So you don't know the power you have when you're ministering. Yes, whatever it is, somebody can walk by you and it's been hurting. Uh, 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 I lost somebody and some of you all who's lost people can say, hey, I've lost somebody too. They'll listen to you. Are you with me? Sins of omission, sins of commission. We're all good. We're all good. All right? In verse 17, when holy lovers of God cry out to him with all their hearts. And uh, I, you love the Lord? Amen. That should be your first lover. You see? You see, your first lover ought to be God. And holy, holy lovers. He's talking about a holy lovers. They cry out to God and, 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 and with their hearts. See, some folks, there's people, let's go both ways. Some folk got a mouth religion. The Bible says, what's in your heart? You see, some folk got a mouth religion. Some of y'all have done it and been involved in, they thought that it was coming from the heart and it was only from the mouth. It was a mouth deep religion, not a, come on here. But God wants your love, his, your love to come from your heart. All right? And the Lord will hear them and come to rescue them from all their troubles. And the Lord will what? Hear them mm -hmm. and come and rescue them from all their troubles. That's right. You see, sometimes, listen to me very careful. This is going to shake some of you up. I've told someone once that they had a person that was very sick. And we was talking, Sister Lynn, about, they've been sick a long time, about healing. And when they passed away, I said, God healed them. God healed them. They were saved. They were going into the kingdom of God. Got out of this thing. God healed them. Do you understand? So sometimes he rescues us in a way that we don't understand. But if we in the spirit, we understand it. And we can, we can smile. And we can grieve and rejoice. Okay? All right? The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. So sometimes when your heart, heart is crushed by pain, he's there. There's some folk in here tell you that. You think I'm jumping up and down and they telling me I got tumors running all around my body? Uh, my what is crushed? My heart is crushed. You see, some of you have lost people in here. Come on, talk back to me. Y'all have lost people in here? Young folks have lost young people up in here. Your heart is crushed. Can we, can we talk real? Some of you in here have loved somebody that didn't find out they didn't love you and walked away from you, right? Left you, and it crushed your heart. And see, and only God can heal the heart. Only God can heal the heart. They'll tell you, you see, it's kind of like medicine. There ain't no medicine ever healed anybody. You see, it can't heal you. You see, it can work with you till you get healed. But you see what I'm saying? So listen to me. Sometimes... You, your heart's going to be crushed. And that's, oh, you're going to be all right. No, they ain't. <laughs> no, I ain't. Yeah, I, not right now. I don't want to be all right right now. You see? 
I don't want you telling me I'm going to be all right right now because the pain that I'm suffering, I'm not really talking about me, but the pain that I'm suffering is deeper than my mind. It's in my heart. It's been crushed. And some of you in here, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to be able to help somebody because your heart's been crushed. If a person's heart's never been crushed, they can't help somebody whose heart has been crushed. So sometimes, sometimes your ministry, God will call you to minister through your pain to somebody else that's going through the same thing that you've been through. Are you with me? Amen. All right? You see? There's nobody in here. There's nobody in here that you're saved. If you're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, that God will not call you up sooner or later to minister to somebody. You see? You understand? Because how can you, they can't see God. They only see the power of God in you. And once they see the power of God in you getting through what they got to get through, then they want you to introduce them to him. Just like anything else. You know, when you want something done on your house or or your car, or you buying something, you call a friend up and they say, this is who you need to use because this is who I use and they've done a great, credible job. Do you understand? You can tell somebody when you minister, I know, I know how you feel. I've buried my child. I understand how you feel. I buried it in the pain. This is what got me through. Are you with me? Uh, or you've got cancer, and or you've done something. This is I know the suffering. I know the humiliation of losing your hair. And women who have to get their breasts taken off, all this kind of thing, they look, because that's got to be breathtaking to them. It's like, I'm not the person I used to be, or whatever it is, situation, condition. I know how you feel because I've been you. You see what I'm saying? That's what we're here for. And if we church, if we start doing this, if we start doing this, that fills the churches up because a lot of people don't understand it because every time they hear a Christian, a Christian's all fired up. And they think it, and they try to join and something happens to them, they think God's punishing them. But they need to see the pastor. You see, uh, they need to hear some of these great pastors that's been from Cleffield Dollar to uh, these others that went through that's almost died and fought their way through, so that they understand that life has no respect to person. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It doesn't have any respect to person. It ain't because you've done something wrong. It's because you're in this course. You understand what I'm saying? But he delivers you to, to sometimes so you can help somebody else get through, the, get through what they got to get through. You see? The Lord is always ready to restore the repentant one. So when you repent, the Lord is always ready to restore you. Sometimes you need to tell folks from, from, from whence you came. Yes, Say, oh yeah, I, I've, I've been that alcoholic. I've been that drug addict. I've been that whoremonger. I've been that liar. I've been that thief. But I repented. When I repented, God gave me the power to overcome that addiction, you see? That's what's wrong with the church. We want to choose who comes in the church. Yes, that, no, no, no. We don't choose who comes in. If we ain't got no sick folk coming, go to the hospital. They say, oh, we don't want no sick folk in here. <laughs> huh? You see what I'm saying? No, the church, is, the Bible says, all ye that come unto me. You see? So sometimes we need to tell the good, the bad, and the ugly about ourselves and where God has brought us from. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
That delivers, gives other people. We need people in here. You need people in the church that can say, I was down so low in my spirit and in my soul, I want to commit suicide. But God saved me and gave me life. And now I want to live a long life and enjoy the beauty of each day. He brought me out of that darkness. Are y'all with me? He brought me out of that darkness. He brought, you see what I'm saying? They need to hear that about somebody in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see? All right. Verse 18 from the message puts it this way. If your heart is broken. And it's good. Let me tell you. If your heart ain't, some young folk could be, <laughs> if your words, you can be able to. If your heart ain't been broken, you keep living. <laughs> because you can be doing all good. Some of you know that. And everything's good with you. And, and your kid went to car, uh, high school and done good. And that young man or young woman was doing very good with him. And then they, they left. And she got into an abusive relationship. And it broke your heart. Or your son got into that situation and it broke your heart. You done, you, have, you can be a good parent and, and, and the kid turn out to be something else and it'll break your heart. Do you understand? Y'all with me, right? And so, you know, can you, you imagine in the parable Jesus done the prodigal son? Can you imagine that? Two boys together and the son came to him and said, I want mine now. Because he heard about a place where they kicking it. Right? And his father said, okay, this is yours. Take it. You know, it broke his heart to see his son leave because his son wasn't ready to leave the nest. Because every kid ain't ready to leave the nest. Come on here. His son left the nest and got in a mess. You understand what I'm talking about? You know that broke his heart. But guess what? When that son came back, it brought joy back into his heart. So you can tell them that. Yeah, I, I've been there before. Are you with me? All right. So again, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. He's right there. Listen to me. He's there. Your heart is broken. It's life. Sometimes your heart is going to be broken. It's life, but he's right there. And there's some, thank you, and there's some spouses in there who can tell you that when their wife or their husband got the bad news that they had cancer, it broke their heart. Because you're impotent. You can't do nothing. But take them. It's tough to deal with somebody you love and there's nothing you can do. But God's there. God's there with you. And God's there. You see? If you're kicked in the gut. I love this. And we had this in person. Sometimes you ever get, you get kicked in the gut. You know, some of you ain't never been hit. When you get kicked in the gut, you feel like you're going to die because you can't breathe. And you see the football players, they be rolling, and they're the best athletes in the world. When they get hit in the gut, you can just see them laying there. See, but sometimes life kicks you in the gut. Yeah. It kicks you in the You got fired. That's a kick in the gut. Got to go bury somebody. It's a kick in the gut. Bad news from the doctor, kick in the gut. Bad news from a child, kick in the gut. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. And it says he'll help you catch your breath. But if you stay there with him, he'll help you catch your breath. Amen. It may take a while, but he'll help you catch your breath. You get to breathing again. You say, oh, I can breathe. I can breathe now. You see, when you walk out of that courtroom, because we talk about life over here, and somebody broke your heart because they don't love you anymore and don't want to be with you anymore, it's a kick in the gut because you still love them. 
Are y'all with me? And you walk out and you pray about it, and it's a kick in the gut, but then God gives you life again. And he said, there's life beyond that. All right? Am I doing all right? Yes. Amen. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones. Now listen to me. I love the Bible. Good things happen to who? The good and the godly. You see, you see that, that, that's, that, that's, you can be a good person, but bad things can happen to you. You can be a good person, pay your tithes, go to church Sunday, but bad things can happen to you. In other words, life can happen to you. You know those signs that they have on those cars, life happens. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, life happens to you. You see, you can have, you see, I, I, I look at a, a lot of different things and, and I'm looking at those people who want to have children, who can't have children and they have all those miscarriages and stuff. That's life. It breaks them down. Come on, these, these nurses that tell you in here, whoever's a nurse, tell you, that's a painful thing. And, 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 and women have this tendency to think that they're always wrong and guilty because that's how they are. And they're not. It's just life. But it hurts. It hurts. It hurts inside that I can't. My sister's got three or four kids and I can't have any. It hurts. We're talking about life over here. And you have to, but God lets you breathe. And he said, well, then go be a mother to the motherless. You see, now at our home, you know, a lot of men want to be grandpa, and grandpa's important. I have a grandson called Ellington. Grandpa ain't important. He loves grandpa. Hi, grandpa, boom. Where's Uncle Isaac? <laughs> He's an Uncle Isaac guy all the way. What a blessing. And I'm glad because he wants somebody to run and roll in the grass and all that stuff. <laughs> And Uncle Isaac can do that. You understand what I'm talking about? Are we getting something? Nothing should come up on you that you're not prepared to deal with now. And then sometimes you need to be at that crossroad and just say help. I've told y'all many times, I'll use this parable again. You have never heard a drowned person. They say the greatest four-letter word in the world is love. You have never heard a drowned person say love, 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 love. No, help, 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 and love comes and saves them. Are you with me? Amen. All right. So we'll finish up with verse 19. Again, when bad things happen, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. And when God thinks he's going to come, you're not going to be defeated. You're going to make it through it. It's going to hurt, but you're going to make it through it. All right, I'm going to do this anyway. Oh, you want to do it anyway? Because y'all ain't in a hurry, are you? Nope. Football's over, so I mean, you ain't got to play something. All right. All right, uh, repeating again verse 18 and 19 from NIV. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. God is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in their spirit because sometimes it's deeper than your mind and your heart. It's in your spirit. And some of you, may, I've seen people just devastated, and it's their spin down to the depth of their spirit. And only God can reach the spirit. Words can't help you in the spirit. God, only God can reach the spirit. And sometimes we pray wrong. We need to pray for so-and-so spirit. And sometimes you need to pray for your spirit. All right? Because I've been crushed in my spirit. 
You see, I've told y'all years ago when the first time uh, I didn't know what it was and that bone cancer was so painful and they had me in the emergency room for nine hours, couldn't figure out what was going on. And I told my, I think Isaac and Marco and, and Gwen, I said, I can't live like this. And see, and then they figured it out what it was. And even the doctor said, how did you handle that pain for nine days? We didn't know what it was. I was trying to be tough, staying home, you see. My fingernail hurts now, I go to the doctor. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Go ahead, but you see what I'm saying? But my spirit was broken, and guess what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I've always been able to overcome everything, but that was one time when I laid there in that pain. My family couldn't help me. No one kept, and my spirit was questioned, so I know how it feels to say, I can't handle it. All right? The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him or her from them all. There's going to be some troubles, but God's going to deliver you from them all. See, now you need this lesson for yourself, and you need this lesson so that you can help others. No. You see, you've got to be somebody else's preacher. You see? Right? And from the voice, when the upright need help and cry to the eternal, he hears their cries and rescues them from all their troubles. And the upright, I'm trying to get you to understand, quit saying, God is mad at me, what's wrong with me, God has left me. No, the upright will have troubles, but God will rescue you. He will rescue them. You see, when some, someone is hurting or brokenhearted, the eternal one moves in close. And, 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 and he does what? What's that word? Revives. He revives. He revives. He revives. He revives. Yes, he revives. Yes, he will. He will revive, you know. You can go to the doctor on Friday. When did I go? On Friday, and you sit there Friday night. You get the lesson together, and you, you can't wait to Saturday to get over so Sunday can come so you can talk about the power and the glory of God because he revived you from that stuff. You see what I'm talking about? All right. And in verse 19, hard times may well be the plight of the righteous. And it's going to happen to the righteous. That's right. You are righteous. Never again will you say God is punishing you. We don't want to hear that. He doesn't punish the righteous people. Life punishes you sometimes. That's right. they, may, they may often seem overwhelmed. And sometimes that news will overwhelm you. It's like, oh my, what am I going to do? It, it can happen to you. But you're going to be in this church ready to deal with it. Because you've heard it and you've seen it, how God can take a man up. My, my sister-in-law, I went over to St. Mary's and I walked in the door and she said, this is a true story, God has raised Johnny Fields from the dead and started shouting all over the church. You see? That's good stuff. You see? The eternal rescues the righteous from what oppresses them. Whatever's oppressing you. And somebody may be in here today. I'm, I'm here to tell you, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You see, you're going to suffer a little bit, but you're going to be okay. Was that about joy in the morning? You see, he's not talking 24 hours sometimes. It may be a month, a week, or two weeks, or maybe, but joy's going to come. Joy's going to come. All right? And in verse 20, God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near. See, I got a bodyguard. And it ain't Kevin Costner. <laughs> you see? 
He's protecting me. Mark, I got a bodyguard. He's protecting me. So do you, all right? And not one bone will be broken. And not one bone will be broken. Come on, evil will cause death of the wicked. For they hate and persecute devout, the devout lovers of God. But that make no mistake. About it, God will hold them guilty and punish them. He'll punish them. And they will pay the penalty. And you ain't got it. God will take care of your enemies. He'll take care of them. Sooner or later, he'll take care of all that. You see? You see, I tell you something. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Some of you have stole from God. Say, what is that, Pastor? Revengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You don't need to waste your time with revengeance because he says it's his. He'll take care of him. All right. And lastly, in verse 22, the Lord has paid for the freedom of his servants. Yes, he's paid for what? The freedom. And he will what? Freely pardon those who love him. He will freely pardon those who love him. He don't hold anything against me. People worried about this. One thing I ain't worried about is when I leave here where I'm going. You see? I ain't worried. I know where I'm going when I leave here. Now, folks will be crying, and that's okay. Going through. But I know where I'm going. You see, do you know who you're going? Yes, through Jesus Christ, taking Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, and asking him to forgive you your sins and repenting of your sins, and letting him be the Lord of your life. Got a ticket. I know where I'm going. I got a ticket. Amen. You see, I got a ticket, all right? That's right. And he will declare them free and innocent when they turn to hide themselves in him. There you go. You want to see a free and innocent man? There you look at it, what? Right. You see? You want to see another one when you get home, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. That's where it's at, you see? So here's how it goes. It doesn't matter what people think about you. It only matters what you think about them. <laughs> God bless. God bless you this morning.